Take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 10, will you please? Hebrews chapter 10. Over the last couple of weeks, we have been looking at the three key qualities that are evidenced in a healthy, productive, Christ-like church. Do you remember what they are? Faith, hope, and love. The key qualities that are evidenced in a healthy, productive, Christ-like assembly of believers are faith, hope, and love. And they are identified for us here in Hebrews chapter 10. Look with me at verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of the word. Let me try this again. Are you all in Hebrews chapter 10? Verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of? Verse 23, let us hold fast to the confession of our? And verse 24, and let us consider how to stir up one another to? Faith, hope, and love. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, these three, and the greatest of these is love. So as we look at what God would have us be as a group of Christ-like disciples, recognizing that we are to be passionate, obedient, dependent, connected, authentic, and relevant so that we can reproduce, multiply Christ-like disciples, in our lives we need to have a good foundation of faith, hope, and love. These three. Now, I want you to note in verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. We live in a world that is full of uncertainty. There are many prophets of dooms, even among believers. The collapse of our economy, not only nationally and globally, depletion of natural resources, the degeneration of our culture. How in the world do you have a foundation of hope within the midst of that? It all begins with our confession and our recognition that our God is in control. No matter what the world seems to be like, We have an omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent God who is faithful because he promised. I need to give you just a little bit of background. If you are looking at a King James translation of the scriptures, the word that I read, hope, in your translation reads faith. In the previous verse, it talks about our faith, and that Greek word is pistos. That is the usual word that is translated faith. Here in verse 23, the word is not pistos, but elpist, which has the idea of expectation, hope. And so as you read this passage of Scripture, I don't want you to get confused if you're using the King James translation. 
because it's important that we understand the distinction between pistos and elpis, between faith and hope. Now, the writer here talks about our confession of faith, our confession of hope. And it's so important that we recognize what a confession is. Because he talks about a clear, concise statement about what we believe. That's our confession. Now, there have been a number of confessions that have been given to us throughout the ages. There's the Apostles' Creed that was given to us in the first century. There's an Nicene Creed about 325 A.D., the London Confession of Faith in 1646 and then again in 1689. And I, I think it interesting, in the London Confession of Faith, the preface says this, published for the validation of truth and information of the ignorant. Now, we need to know what we believe. And we have a confession of The statement of our faith, the foundation that gives to us an understanding of what we believe. And it provides for us encouragement as we recognize the wonder of our God. Now the writer here in Hebrews, in verse 23 says, let us hold fast The confession of our, our hope. He's giving to us a mandate to hold fast, to cling to, to embrace the truths that God has given to us. To be steadfast, to, to persevere as a treasured possession of our lives. We cannot give it up. Our culture would condemn us and push us aside as Irrelevant. But we have a statement of hope that is solid. And it is this treasure that God has provided for us that gives to us stability in our lives. But not only are we to hold fast the confession of our hope, we are to do it without wavering. not disputing, settled in confidence, recognizing what God has done as he has settled our account through his son, Jesus Christ. Gene Getz has said this, a mature body of Christ-like believers reflects hope. They know with certainty that they will be sustained during the trials of daily living and that they will someday be delivered from this world. Amen? Amen. That is the confession of our hope. Now this morning, I want to very quickly remind you of four articles of our confession of hope that give to us an understanding of what God has done through his son, 
Jesus Christ. The first article is, is this. It's found in verse 23. For he who promised is faithful. Let that sink in just a moment, will you please? The promises that God has given to us are not based on us. They are based on who he is. May I say that again? The promises that God has given to us are not based on us, but are based on who he is. It's our endurance, his reliability, a recognition that God himself is faithful. It's his unchangeable character. Hebrews chapter 6 tells us it's impossible for him to lie, and that is a steadfast anchor and a hope. Aren't you thankful for what the prophet Isaiah says? Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. I will uphold thee with my righteous right hand. That's our God. Now, let me review very quickly for you some of the faithfulness of, of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 tells us that God is faithful because he has called us to fellowship with his Son. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer us to be tempted above that we are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that we may be able to bear it. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. 2 Timothy 2, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. That is our God. 1 Peter 4, Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their, whole, their souls unto a faithful creator. And aren't you thankful for 1 John 1, 9? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The first article of our confession of hope is the faithfulness of almighty God. Turn to Romans chapter 5, will you please? Romans chapter 5. The second article in our profession of hope is the operation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Jesus said, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. And the operation of the Spirit was confirmed in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 10, in Acts chapter 19, the validation of the coming of the Holy Spirit was evidenced in speaking of tongues. Where the Jews who were gathered at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 heard the, in their own language the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's the Holy Spirit that is used to guide and direct us into truth. The Holy Spirit seals us unto the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit teaches us all things. And our 
confession of hope is based on the operation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And God using that in a very special way. Romans chapter 5. You there? Verse 1. Therefore we have been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to to us. Aren't you thankful for the operation of the Holy Spirit in your life? He indwells those who know Jesus Christ as personal Savior. And everywhere we go, the Holy Spirit of God works in a very special way. In fact, even when we struggle with life itself. When we don't know how to pray about circumstances that we face. Romans 8 tells us that the Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And He prays according to the will of God. And you know what? If our prayers are answered according to the will of God, it doesn't get any better than And it's the operation of the Holy Spirit of God who works in our lives. And it's all about praise and glory to the one who was promised, who gave to us his spirit to bring glory to his name. There's a third article that we want to look at Turn, please, to 1 John chapter 2. I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. The third article of our Confession of Hope is that it produces godly living. Progressive sanctification is one of the things that God does to challenge us and change us and conform us to the to the character of his son, Jesus Christ. I am so thankful that God is interested in developing the character of his son in my life. Aren't you? And I am so thankful that God does what is necessary to take me from where I am to where I need to go. And he does it with such patience and mercy. God not giving me what I do deserve. And grace, God giving me what I don't deserve. And unconditional love. Amen? The third article of our faith is that God uses it to produce godly living in our lives. This is our hope, that we don't have to stay as we are. Connie and I, this year, will celebrate 46 years of marriage. Yeah, woo! I plan to take her to Sam's Club. (laughs) For a hot dog, that's right. 
to celebrate. Connie and I met when she was in the seventh grade and I was in the eighth grade. We didn't get married until I had finished my junior year of college, so we've been together quite some time. Connie is thankful that over the years I've changed. I haven't always changed the way she wanted me to. In fact, last night I was trying to teach one of our grandchildren a lesson and Connie looked at me and said, Tom, you've got to be the adult. But I'm thankful she stuck with me. Aren't you thankful that God has stuck with you? No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's going on in my life, I am thankful that my God has stuck with me. But he's done it to mature me. 1 John chapter 3, look with me at verses 2 and 3. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. Yahoo! Sorry, I didn't mean to wake some of you up. <laughs> One day, this corruptible is going to put on incorruption, this mortal is going to put on immortality. And death is going to be swaddled up in victory. Amen? One day, we'll be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Now, that's the end result of the process. Verse 3. And everyone who has this hope, who thus hopes, in him purifies himself even as he is pure. The third article of our confession of hope is that it produces godly living in your life and mine. I went to college in Iowa. Connie lived in Ohio. 702 miles from doorstep to doorstep. I tried to get back to Ohio as often as I could and I did that half a dozen times a year. One time, I decided not to tell her. And I just showed up. I was glad she was home. Now, her parents knew I was coming. But she said to me, she says, what are you doing here? What a dumb question. I mean, <laughs> she said, Tom, please let me know when you're coming for a couple of reasons. One, I enjoy the anticipation. I look forward to your coming. And two, I want to make sure that I'm ready when you get here. I don't know if that had something to do with paint in the face or, you know, what all that was all about. But 
Let me tell you something. Jesus is coming. Amen? And those of us who know him and have trusted in him need to get ready. Now, the truth is we don't know when that's going to be, but we know it's going to be. And this confession of hope should produce godly living in our lives because Jesus is coming again. One more article. Turn to Philippians chapter 1, please. Philippians chapter 1. As you read Philippians chapter 1, it's all about the gospel. The gospel and its work in our lives. In fact, Paul uses the word gospel some five times in this first chapter. And in verse 20, Paul says this, As it is my earnest expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. The fourth article that we have is this. It encourages boldness in our lives. I want you to think about that. Did, did you see what Paul said? For me to live is Christ, and to die is Connie and I so appreciate your work in our lives and your prayer for us. And as Connie's mom was promoted to glory on December 23rd, you folks came alongside us and encouraged us and ministered to us. Thank you, thank you, brother, very much. In talking with my son at the funeral, Josh is 36. Did I do that right, Connie? No will be 36. Anyway. Josh says to me, you know, being 88 and going to your sleep, sign me up. Paul says, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Folks, what do we have to lose? That's our hope, right? In fact, the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 13 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that he'll never leave us nor forsake us so that we can boldly say, the Lord is our helper. And I love the punctuation that I have here in the ESV. The Lord is my helper, exclamation point. And then the punctuation goes on with a new sentence to say, what shall I fear that man can do to me? Huh? What have we got to lose, folks? And the boldness of our hope is founded in the wonder of our God and the promised relationship we have with him. If we are going to be a mature body of believers we need to 
evidence hope in our lives. And the writer of Hebrew tells us that it is the confession of our hope that provides that foundation. Can we read this verse together, please? We'll start with the reference, and then we'll read the verse. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And that is the pillar and buttress of truth in our 